1: Treat them like you would anybody in your family. That's what one person can do because you never know what that one thing you do, how that helps them. You may never know, but that's what you need to do.
0: From KSL Podcasts, I'm Andrea Smartin, host of Stranger Becomes Neighbor. In this podcast, we've been following regular people who've taken it upon themselves to help the Afghan arrivals in our communities. Today, we talked to a small business owner named Doug Richmond, Who's found his own way to contribute? Through church connections with Jenny Hua, Doug and his wife Corey met the Mohammedi family. The Mohammedis invited them over for dinner, and the father, Amon, explained that he was a commander in a counterterrorism unit working with Americans. Because his work put his life in danger, Amon and his wife came to the US with their five children, where they found safety. But Amon struggled to support his family and was traveling a long distance to get to work. Hearing Amon's story, Doug was deeply moved and realized he could help. Doug owned a small business as an electrical contractor and was about to take on the big project, updating the lighting and power systems in Salt Lake City schools. He decided the best thing he could do for Aman and his family was to give him a job.
1: We heard their story and how they got here and why they were here. Excuse me. That grabbed my heart because I know what that must have been like for them to do what they did for our military over there. And then they shared with me how they got here and, and I saw a letter from the State Department about the Mohammedis and how they had... Served our military and our people over there, and that's an integrity that is uh, beyond reproach and just amazing to me. And so that that gave us a connection and, and a feeling that. We had some good people here that we wanted to stay connected with and learn and learn about. And so we just talked and we we, at night and they fed us an amazing dinner. And we all sat on the floor and ate together and just laughed and played and sang and danced. And we all danced. And it was just an incredibly bonding experience. And we just fell in love with them. And so that's when we decided, you know, maybe we could do something more.
0: When you say... When you started to talk about his story, it, it brought up something emotional for you. What was it in his story that really struck you?
1: What he did for our military and how he put himself at risk, his life at risk, and his family's life at risk to serve. And having been retired military myself, it's there's a bond there that it's hard to explain, but that is, uh, here's a guy that put his life on the line every day for our soldiers, and he didn't have to do that. And so that's that's a connection to me that is very emotional. And even on the spiritual side, it's just, it's like, could I do that for somebody else? And so we knew, we, we left that night just feeling like we had just met the salt of the earth, the most amazing people.
0: Did he tell you anything about
1: why he did that? Um, We've talked a little bit. We didn't really talk about it that night, but we've talked over the the last year and a half or so about some of that stuff and their experiences and because it was the right thing to do. It was in his nature, his culture, their religion, Mm -hmm. uh, that you help other people. And he knew you know the evils of the of the Taliban and what they were doing over there, and he wanted a better life for his country and for his family, and so that's why uh, I believe that he was doing it. So, what he wanted
0: was aligned with what Americans wanted. In Absolutely, oh, yeah. no
1: question. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you know you wanted to help, or was it meeting Aman that started it for you?
1: No, we talked about helping before, uh, and that's why uh, through Jenny and stuff, and and that's that's actually because of Corey, my wife, it was. She had got involved with Jenny helping and doing different things in service with them, and which led us to this meeting and uh, Corey and I talked about it, and we knew we wanted to help. We just didn't know exactly how to do that until this this day It, it just seemed uh, you know fortuitous and and um, that I had an opportunity that I needed to help. It just seemed to be a natural fit that it was it was just meant to be.
0: So the first step was you hired him on or did was there any something before
1: that well we just talked about it and he he's wanted to talk over with his family and decide and then uh, a day or two later he said yeah I'd like to come over so I hired him and and uh, a gentleman named Mubarak that uh, that's part of that community that came over they all served together in Afghanistan and uh, <clears throat> we just put him on one of our commercial jobs to get you know, to get them acclimated to what we do in construction and and knowing that we had this this school project coming up uh, to see if it was, you know, let them see what we do, see if it was something that, would, that they would like to do and it was a good fit for them and if it was a good fit for us, and it just worked out spectacularly.
0: Tell me about the nature of the work and how much training is involved.
1: Well, we can train on the job mm-hmm. and get them licensed, uh, but it's, you know, they start out as helpers and they learn, you know, what in construction, what you do, we do new construction and commercial electrical work. And, and so they, they just start out as laborers and, and then we progress and bring them up as, as their experience in licensing.
0: So this is like putting in wiring to new construction. Correct. Yes. So, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what, what did they think initially? How, what was their response?
1: their response after the first couple of days is, are we doing okay? Are we doing a good job for you? Are you sure we're making you happy and doing the work? And, and they said, yes, this is, this is fabulous. And and some of them had, as as I hired a few more, they had construction backgrounds, uh, you know, they had definitely had skills. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the communication was a little difficult. Um,
0: yeah, tell me about that. Was there language barrier?
1: There was definitely language barriers. You um, need to be able to communicate, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so thank goodness for Google Apps and my guys, my supervisors downloaded the Google Apps and they took them under the wings and they just became best of friends. And and we did everything through that. And then uh, we d- were able to hire one Afghan that spoke fluent English. And so he helped and still helps to this day in the communication
0: did you have any concerns before they started that this might not work out?
1: I do in, any, in anybody because, you know, electrical work can just by the nature of the sound, electrical work can sound scary, but we don't do anything that's live electricity that hurts anybody. And it's so, not life-threatening no, work. No, <laughs> it's not life-threatening work. And so, you know, once you kind of get over that fear factor and, and you know, in, in any anybody that I hire, actually, you, you don't know until they've been there a little bit what what they think of the job and what their skill levels are. And so, but, but work ethic and integrity can go a long way to bridge a gap in where you lack, you might lack a little skill. Mm -hmm. Skill can be taught.
0: Okay. So you started with a couple of Afghan employees and, and then what happened?
1: As we started the school project and we needed to bring out additional people, um, we just reached out through their networks of guys that were looking and and so we just kept hiring and i think we are up to 12 or so right now
0: oh have you heard from them about what this job means to them or or how it's affected their lives
1: um not not directly in those terms other than They express their love to me all the time. You know, we love you. We're grateful. We're thankful. Um, you know, and are we doing a good job? We want to make sure you're happy with us. And I'm like, I couldn't be happier. So yeah. So it's been, it's been a very good fit and we've become very close to them. So
0: it's interesting because I I think you don't, you don't often think about the word love when you think about employment, right?
1: (laughs) You don't at all. And that's, 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 it's interesting that you say that because you don't. But in our company, um, we treat it as family. Uh, uh, it's very important to Corey and I. And so um, I know Corey's always making sure that I, 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 I'm looking out for them and they, all of our employees and doing right. And it's not, that's the, that's the good thing about being a small employer is you can, you can pick and choose and have those relationships where it, it is more like a family relationship.
0: Has this changed anything for you about the way you think about your business or your role in the community?
1: Um, No, honestly. Well, I mean, I'm grateful. I feel like it was an absolute blessing that we met for them and for us because we were able to provide employment for them that's That's, you know, above minimum wage employment and, and help their families and get to know that community. We've, we've been to several social events in in their community and, and just learning about them. But, um, you get invited to the parties. uh, Yeah. To the parties and the engagements and, 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 and it's, it's very interesting to learn the differences in culture. Mm -hmm. And that's been, that's been so much fun for us to, to learn about how they think and how they operate. And then we've had to work around, you know, their religious holidays compared to our religious holidays. And, and so it's been a fun experience so far. And, and I think for the most part, I've found that the people that come here want to just better their lives. Yeah. It's, it's just worked out and, and we've had a good journey so far.
0: So a driving question of this podcast for me is what can one person do in the face of, in this case, an international disaster? (laughs) And then it was sort of landed on our doorstep when the Afghans arrived in our communities. It can seem kind of overwhelming or hopeless when we just read the headlines in the news. From your experience in your life, how do you approach that question? What you can do with one life?
1: Well... I can tell you, it's been very profound meeting the Afghan community and getting right down with them in their own home and learning who they are. Because you, as a day, as you go through your day, you you hear about it, you see people around, especially you know different cultures, not just the Afghans, but when there's the language barriers, and and they're in a new place, and and you you stop to think. What would that be like if it was me somewhere else? You know, we grew up here. We have these benefits and we don't know what it's like in other places. So when they come here, how difficult is for them? And so then, then so what can one person do? Just first off, show love and compassion to to their existence as human beings and that they're here, uh, those that are here that are working, they're trying to better their lives. So, you know, if you see somebody struggling, just, Ask them, or if if a Jenny comes into your life that's out there every day doing it, and says, "Hey, you know, we could use some help. We could use some clothes. We could use." I know uh, her and Corey got us together uh, a year or so ago, and we went down and did a big shopping thing with them down in Utah County. We took them through the stores and helped them help them shop and show them how things were. Just think of how it would be as one person if you were in another place rather by choice or not by choice how it is in the in the afghans a lot of times they, they it was life threatening to stay where they were so they're here and now help them uh, like treat them like you would anybody in your family that's what one person can do cuz you never know what that one thing you do how that helps them you may never know but that's what you need to do thank you so much you're welcome
0: bonus episode was produced by me Andrea Smartin and Nina Ernest mixing by Trent Sell Cheryl Worsley is our executive producer. Thanks for subscribing to bonus content it helps fund our work on more podcasts like this. If you could also give us a rating and write a review it will help more people discover the show. And if you like us tell your friends. For more on Stranger Becomes Neighbor please visit our website strangerbecomesneighbor.com Thanks for listening. Stranger Becomes Neighbor is a production of KSL Podcasts.